everyone, and welcome to The Right Perspective. Today, we're going to recap and review two movies from the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Black Panther from 2018 and Black Panther Wakanda Forever from 2022. Both films were directed by Ryan Coogler and co-written by Ryan Coogler and Joe Robert Cole. Black Panther was the 18th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it starred Chadwick Boseman, Michael B. Jordan, Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrera, Martin Freeman, Daniel Kaluuya, Letitia Wright, Winston Duke, Angela Bassett, Forrest Whitaker, and Andy Serkis. The sequel, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, is the 30th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it stars Letitia Wright, Lupita Nyong'o, Denai Guerrera, Winston Duke, Florence Kasumba, Dominique Thorne, Michaela Cole, Tanakh Huerta, Martin Freeman, Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and Angela Bassett. Black Panther, the original movie, had a budget of $200 million and grossed $1.382 billion, okay? <laughs> Let me hold some. Right. Let me hold some. <laughs> What? Right. Black Panther was nominated for seven Academy Awards, winning three, and it received numerous other accolades. It was actually the first superhero film to receive a Best Picture nomination and the first MCU film to win several categories, including Best Costume Design, Best Production Design, and Best Original Score. Black Panther Wakanda Forever just came out two weeks ago and has already taken in $288 million. For some, these budget numbers alone would be enough to consider these movies a classic. But today, we will determine whether they are classics from the right perspective. Be sure to like, share, and subscribe. We'll do a recap, discuss the movie, and then we'll take a vote using a voting symbol picked especially for this discussion. But let's start with intros. Kick us off, bro. Hi, I'm Aubrey Wright. I'm the oldest. I'm Janiah Wright. I'm the middle. Hi, I'm Brittany Wright, and I am the youngest, and I am part of the Jabari tribe. <laughs> okay. And for those that are, are for, for our audio audience members, Brittany's referring to the fact that at least two of us are in costume. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Brittany, it, Brittany has one of fur and looks as if she has just come down from the mountains with M'Baku. Okay. Ooh. All right. Ooh. I have adorned in wonderful African metals, jewelry. You're, Clearly, giving, you're giving very much mother vibes here. Thank you. Very Clearly much this necklace is made vibes. of vibranium. Obviously it is. Look at these earrings. They're made of vibranium. That's clear to anyone who's looking at me. And... <laughs> And I have on a vibranium t-shirt. <laughs> he does. He does. He is one of the transporters. If you try, that... to, shoot, if you try to shoot me, you will see. You know, see? <laughs> <laughs> it may just look like a black t-shirt, but right. it's actually made of vibranium. All right. <laughs> well, we'll take it. We'll take it. Yeah. Very he good. Does. I like it. Well, did y'all dress up when y'all went to see the movie? Because, you know, people were like, the, the the plan in the Black community was to wear all white for the movie. Did y'all do that? Yes. I didn't do all whites. I just did a white top. And I had actually purchased a white sweater dress to wear because I saw the movie three times. And so <laughs> <laughs> I was ready. Uh, but I never wore the white dress to the second time. 
Um, but I did wear the white top the first time. But I was hoping to see some people at either either because I went to two separate theaters and I didn't really see anybody dressed up or anything like that. I don't know if we get down like that here, but I was waiting to see it online. So <laughs> yeah, the I theater know. I went to, there were some people dressed up, but they more had on like um, you know, wonderful like patterns and jewelry and head wraps. They were dressed in like Afrocentric clothing. Yeah. I didn't see a bunch of people in all white, you know, yeah. and I personally got dressed within two to five minutes because I was running late. Mm. And so <laughs> I had intended to wear a white shirt and actually this necklace that I have on right now. And that shirt needed to be ironed and didn't nobody have time to iron. Really? And, so, <laughs> and so I just literally gave up, you know, and just ran out the house and whatever I had on. Um what, what about uh, I, you, bro? They, I, I was, I went at like the showing I went to was at like eight o'clock in the morning. Okay. And um, so there wasn't anybody. Nobody had really, on African pajamas. <laughs> you know, Frank, I was, I was in the front row, smack dab center. I was basically in the movie. Okay. <laughs> I, I saw it was the only seat left. I saw you in the crowd. Yeah. Getting all she wet during yeah. the water wars. Yeah. I was like, so, but yeah, you know, it was it was one of those movies though where you just felt like you were together with the rest of the audience and watching it, which was really nice. It was a nice community feel in the in the air. Um, even though we weren't all dressed up together, yeah. you know, it's true. It's true. Well, you know, we have a tradition of when we kind of consider a whole franchise on the right perspective, we typically, um, you know, rate them together as a franchise. Um, and I'm assuming we're going to do that this time, y'all. Is that right? Yeah. We didn't really talk about it, but every time. Yeah. Every, Every time. time. Can't get away from it. Right. So at the end of this podcast, we will determine whether this th- these two movies together, this franchise is a classic from the right perspective. We need a voting symbol to use for that vote. And I have one to recommend. All right. And just get ready to say, hey, girlfriend, you got this one. Okay. Because it's so... <laughs> Exactly what you're thinking already. All and right. that is the heart-shaped herb. <laughs> Go ahead and nod in agreement. I feel that's in your spirit. Sure. And it's <laughs> not just because we it, might <laughs> like it, but your reasoning almost always is out of both of our spirits. <laughs> not this time. Not, not this time. Erin. So why the heart-shaped herb? Not just because <laughs> it is the source the of way. the Black Panther superhuman power, <laughs> okay? that necklace. but it is because <laughs> of what it symbolizes more generally, okay? Mm. Over mm. the course of these two movies, we saw three people ingest the herb. One wanted to use that power to empower people, right? And to unify people. One wanted to use it to seek revenge, on oppressors around the world and make things right, okay? And one, the third, was torn between those two approaches because at the end of the day, there's nobility and merit and heart in both. Could you emphasize that word one more time? Heart 
And for, no. and for those in our <laughs> podcast land that can't hear her, her fists are balled up and she means it. Yes. Yes. Yes, I do. <laughs> and so I rest my case. I recommend the heart shaped herb. I'm so They I'm were so calling it a head in the movie. <laughs> head. The heart shaped head. Okay, say, you yes. all, this is not the first. This is not the last time we're going to hear Britney's accent <laughs> in this podcast. That's a heads up for all y'all. It's coming. It's coming for you. I'm, I'm, I am I am 100% on board uh, with the herb. Absolutely. Excellent. Well, I would I come up with... One right here. <laughs> <laughs> I would... I would oh, I do have something that's purple. Your shirt is purple, isn't it? Underneath your fur, your Mbaku yeah. fur, your listen, Jabari fur. Listen, I'm going to take this off so people can get some of that purple. Okay, that's a royal color that's happening in there. Okay, you look can so get good, that. sis. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Uh, yes, I would give some of my, you know, what you all love so much, my recommendations. I'm not going to because I like the heart shaped <laughs> herb. Yay! But if I did give oh, some recommendations. And I had other ideas and I, I put that one forth because I really thought it would be a streamlined approach. I really oh. did. It's streamlined. <laughs> I'll just write, I'll write my ideas in the comments. <laughs> Well, I will tell y'all what is not streamlined, and that is the recap. Okay, so Uh listen, Uh y'all, I'm not going to lie. I, it was so hard. And for those who are new to our our podcast, we always do a recap of the content. Normally, that is, and it's it's full spoiler, so spoiler alert. Normally that is because our content is like generally old and people haven't seen it in a while or they they don't intend to see it, but they want to enjoy the podcast. Um, but it, and I've because, learned from some of my friends, they never heard of it before. Right. Like, what is that? I'm like, you don't know. You're missing out. You're missing out. Let's take a recap. Program. You'll, you'll get the yeah, gist. You'll get the gist. <laughs> so we're very committed to these recaps. And when movies are complex, it is sometimes so hard to get the streamline recap because you need, there's certain things you just have to share in order for people to follow the story. And so y'all, this, it was so hard to get to a, a, a streamline recap that was high level enough to just move us through to get the sense of the movies. And so as we have done on a few occasions in the past, I just decided to do a sneak attack on y'all and break the recap up yeah. into <laughs> into like I scripted it out for all three of us. And so <laughs> if you'll look in your chat, your sister has just sent you. Oh, this is so good. <laughs> and I didn't even proofread it. So I'm sure there are going to be typos in your section. So just get ready <laughs> to stumble through and make it work. And Brittany, I gave you a big opportunity to use your fancy accents. Okay. I don't think the masses will be ready for that. <laughs> they so, they don't know what's coming for them. So y'all, I know, I know I ain't ready. well, I have to say, I have to say, y'all, these these movies were just so chock full of of content <laughs> that 
it 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 cannot be recapped by one person. It has to be a team effort. <laughs> Do you all have your scripts up? Your surprise yes. scripts. <laughs> I just love it. Gotcha. <laughs> all right. So I, I got it up. Yeah, I got it up. <laughs> you got yours up, sis. I got it up. Okay. All right. So uh, yep. <laughs> this is so good. Yeah. And I and I will say, like, the other thing that I often do when I'm doing the recap is like I won't put in certain things, I'll just put placeholders. And then sometimes live on air, I'm realizing I never swapped out the placeholder for the actual thing I meant to put in there. <laughs> so I don't know what's in this recap. All it's right, gonna, so let's get started. Yeah, listen, it's jazz. It's jazz. It okay, let's get into it. Let's start with the original Black Panther movie. Wakanda is an African country that has always been perceived as a third world country, but is actually the most technologically advanced country in the world. In addition to being rich in terms of indigenous natural resources, their land and people have also been enriched by vibranium, the precious metal that is considered the strongest in the universe. It also contains special properties, such as the ability to absorb, store, and release large amounts of kinetic energy. Before the dawning of humanity, a meteorite containing vibranium hit the land that Wakandans live on. So the people of this country have benefited from the metal for hundreds of thousands of years. This is why they are so technologically advanced. A huge factor in their recipe for success also has been to mind their own business, okay? Hello. This is why they let the world think they are a third world country. They don't want to invite the kinds of illnesses and wars and European colonization that the rest of the world is dealing with and will always deal with. Another factor in their success has been the Black Panther. Thousands of years ago, a warrior living in Wakanda ingested a special heart-shaped herb that was revealed to him by the goddess Bast. The herb gave him superhuman abilities. He used those abilities to unite four of the five tribes of Wakanda, laying the foundation for the thriving country that exists today. The fifth tribe, the Jabari, lived peacefully and resentfully in the mountains of Wakanda. <laughs> In present day, which for the first movie is 2018, the king of Wakanda, Chaka, played by John Kanai, has just been killed by a terrorist at a UN conference. He wasn't being targeted. It was a general terrorist attack at the United Nations. His son, T'Challa, played by Chadwick Boseman, becomes king and ingests the heart-shaped herb to become the Black Panther. There are several other rituals that must be completed, as well as including as well as including a coronation ceremony. <laughs> there are several other rituals that must be completed, including a coronation ceremony where anyone from Wakanda can challenge T'Challa for the throne. And T'Challa must fight without the benefit of the heart-shaped herb. Two challengers come forward. The first is M'Baku, played by Winston Duke. Hello. Hello. The leader of the Jabari. <laughs> the leader of the Jabari. <laughs> the tribe that lives in the mountains. It was a fierce battle, but, but T'Challa wins, even persuading M'Baku to yield rather than die. M'Baku yields and goes back to the mountains. The second challenger actually arrives a few days later and is a much more controversial because he is a stranger to Wakanda. His name is Eric Stevens, played by Michael B. Jordan, honey. And <laughs> yes. he, 
And he admits to be American. In fact, the only reason they don't kill him on the spot is when he arrives at Wakanda border, at the Wakanda border, is because he brings with him a corpse of Ulysses Kalu. I think that's Claw. how you say that. Claw. Thank you, Claw. Thank you. A black market arms dealer that had actually stolen some vibranium from Wakanda back in the 90s. The only reason that Claw was successful by the by the way is because he had a ton of inside information he was actually aided by Njubu who was played by Sterling K Brown Hello. I'm trying so hard not to say <laughs> yum yum as you say each one of these names I just want to say it. I just said it yum yum <laughs> to all of them <laughs> just, listen okay <laughs> the brother of the late to <laughs> So and Jubu had been working undercover as a spy in Oakland, California for many years. And after seeing and experiencing the plight of Black people around the globe outside of Wakanda, he began to resent Wakanda for leaving the rest of the diaspora to suffer while Wakanda thrived in secret. Njobu teamed up with Claw to steal vibranium from Wakanda so that he could help people. By the time King T'Chaka figured it out, Claw already had the vibranium and was lost in the wind. When King T'Chaka went to Chicago to confront Njobu, Njobu tried to explain as he pleaded for his brother to understand and to join his fight. That's your chances. I I put it in italics. (laughs) Oh, God. No, I, you it. are not going to have me get it messed up. Okay, never mind. Never mind. I observed. <laughs> no, don't do it. Never mind. No. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> I observed for as long as I could. Their leaders have been assassinated. Communities flooded with drugs and weapons. They are overly policed and incarcerated. All over the planet, our people suffer because they don't have the tools to fight back. With vibranium weapons, they can overthrow all countries and Wakanda can rule them all the right way. In the end, King T'Chaka was not persuaded and he killed his brother Mm. Njobu for the betrayal and left his body on the floor of his Oakland, California apartment to be discovered. Chicago. Wasn't it in Chicago? No, he was in Oakland, California. Oakland, California. Okay, got it. Sorry. Because you put Oakland, Chicago, and I was like, that's not a place. <laughs> I was just going to skip really over it. I thought it was Chicago. I was going right to skip over Chicago. it. Because you, you had just said... Um, okay. Yeah. Placeholder so for major city. Placeholder for major city. Because I do think it's somewhere in Chicago. Earlier, I'll look that up. No, even earlier, you said it was Oakland, California. When I accidentally read it earlier again, when you said hmm. the when team when right. King T'Chaka went to Oakland hmm. to confront Njobu, and Jobu tried to explain. So if anybody heard me say Chicago, my bad. I was just reading the script. But then I saw it a second time. That's not yeah, right. it's Oakland, okay. California. In Oakland, California, apartment, right, he discovered his young son, Eric Stevens, who discovered uh, by his young son, Eric Stevens. Fast forward to present day, only one of the king's trusted advisors, Zori Forrest Whitaker, knew of any of this. So when Eric showed up to challenge T'Challa, bearing the markings of a true Wakandan, everyone was in complete shock. Hey, auntie. 
<laughs> I had to add that in because that is a, a very known well situation. <laughs> it turns out Eric, <laughs> it turns out Eric has spent, <laughs> has spent his entire life working toward the moment of confrontation. Listen, whoo, he sure did, y'all. Mm-hmm. He has been working as a high-level Navy SEAL, spy and assassin for the U.S. government, going by the name of Killmonger. Killmonger challenges T'Challa to ritual combat for the throne, and because it is his and because it is his birthright, T'Challa accepts. Unfortunately, Killmonger is so skilled and so angry and bitter, he ends up defeating T'Challa and the Wakandan elders. And dignitaries watched as Killmonger throws T'Challa's body from a cliff. This means Killmonger is now the king of Wakanda and the Black Panther. Lord, 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 help us all. Well, let me first say that Janai's bias to these movies are clearly showing because these are some in-depth. Uh... <laughs> I couldn't take stuff out. Listen, the rest of them won't be like, listen, he won. <laughs> he won, and then he was king. And then, now this is like my reviews, though. I always do that. You don't like them. Oh Honestly, God. if I had spent 30 more minutes with it, I probably could have cut it down a bit more, but it was just too good. <laughs> yeah. These stories. As soon as Killmonger is named king, and then just the heart-shaped herb to become the Black Panther, he does two things. One, burns the sacred garden that contains the heart-shaped herb so he would be the last Black Panther. Mm. And two, Mm. (laughs) he gets to prepare the Wakandan military force to deploy vibranium to Black people around the world via the Wakandan spies that, like his father, were already sprinkled around the globe. Rather than participate with the rest of the kingdom that are being compelled to comply with King Killmonger's orders, the remaining parts of the existing royal family flee to the mountains to see if the Jabari people will help overthrow the new king. This includes Queen Ramonda, played by Angela Bassett. Hello, Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett has been 25 for 25 years. That's it. She's holding that 25. She is holding that 25. Come on. Okay. Sorry, Princess brother. Shuri, played by Leticia Wright. Leti- you Leticia better get Leticia. Get some strong arms. And, and T'Challa, former lover and apparent soulmate of Nakia, uh, played by Lapita Nyong'o. Mm. Who, oh, wait a minute. Uh, pause. Don't keep going. Lapita Nyong'o. Yes, honey. Yes. Yes. And Brittany, you're <laughs> Another, you're just an example of why this recap is so long. <laughs> but you all were clearly sorry. not able to be objective about this recap. All right. Uh, who also happens to be a highly skilled Wakanda spot. In fact, she is so skilled, she managed to grab one heart shaped herb before Killmonger burned the garden. When they arrived in the mountains, frightened and mourning the loss of King T'Challa, the Jabari gave them food, shelter, and something they could have never expected. The Jabari people had found King T'Challa, <gasps> nearly frozen to death in the river, and they had rescued him. He was basically in a coma from his in- injuries. Queen Ramonda performed her Black Panther ceremony, the Black Panther ceremony, pouring the heart-shaped herb into King T'Challa's mouth. It worked. 
King T'Challa, our Black Panther, is alive. No, <laughs> not, you know what? You know what? You're not, I'm, I'm going to read this. Like oh, I'm going to read this like you wanted me to read it. This, this, yes. this saying this, at least. It worked. <laughs> King T'Challa, our Black Panther, is alive. <laughs> this means for the first time in history, there are two Black Panthers, T'Challa and Killmonger. Oh my goodness. <laughs> this recap is so long. <laughs> and we're still not done. It's so long. <laughs> it's this is really long. not a recap. <laughs> this is just this is telling the movie. It's uh, so this long. Is just re- this is a theatrical retelling. <laughs> <laughs> it's not appropriate. It's too Coming long. Coming to a theater now. <laughs> the royal family makes their way back to the capital of Wakanda, where T'Challa and Killmonger engage in an epic battle for the future of Wakanda and really the fate of the world. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, T'Challa wins <laughs> and rescues his place as king before any vibranium leaves the country's borders. Things can go back to the way uh, they were, but they don't. Uh, King T'Challa was so changed by the event, he realized that Wakanda must use their resources to help oppress people around the world. The first movie ends with him announcing this commitment to the United Nations, revealing the nature of Wakanda for the first time. Mm. The second movie, Black Panther Wakanda Forever, picks up a few years later. While Wakanda has continued to thrive, it is also grappling with two horrible truths. The first is that the world did not graciously accept Wakanda's plan to build resource centers around the world to help undo the massive negative impacts of European colonization. Instead, world leaders have been demanding that Wakanda turn the vibranium over to them. Various countries have even sent their militaries to try to steal the vibranium. They have not been successful, but they keep trying. Wakanda knows what will happen if vibranium was ever handed over to any of these major countries. War, weapons of mass destruction, and more war. Frankly, this is why the country had kept its resources hidden for so long. The second horrible truth that Wakanda is grappling with is the death of their beloved King T'Challa. He succumbs to a horrible illness at the beginning of the movie, leaving Wakanda in mourning and for the first time in thousands of years without a Black Panther to serve as their protector since Killmonger burned the garden of the heart-shaped herb. As she buries her son, Queen Ramonda is forced to take over leadership of Wakanda. Meanwhile, countries all over the world know the death of King T'Challa has made Wakanda vulnerable, so they are doubling down on their efforts to find vibranium. For example, America has been scouring the world's oceans using a vibranium detecting machine. Unfortunately for them, when they do detect some vibranium in the depths of the ocean, their ships are attacked by a group of water-breathing superhumans with blue skin. The Americans do not survive, and the CIA thinks Wakanda is responsible for the attack. Always trying to blame the Black people. Wakanda is not responsible for the attack, and is shocked to learn that there might be vibranium on Earth outside of Wakanda. Eventually, Queen Ramonda and Princess Shuri are visited by Namor. Tanakh, who is played by Tanakh Ruta. Hello! Yum, yum again! (laughs) 
<laughs> the leader of the underwater people that stopped that stopped the U.S. from retrieving the vibranium. We learned that Namor is the king of Talacan, an underwater Talacan, an underwater kingdom of people descended from the Mayans that is actually more powerful than Wakanda. Just like Wakanda, its origin story includes a god leading the people to a plant that ultimately endowed them with special powers, including the ability to breathe underwater. Their land being their land was being colonized by Europeans. Am I re- okay, I'm sorry. Their land was being colonized by Europeans and their people enslaved. Escaping to their life underwater saved them. And just like the just like Wakanda, they thrived because of vibranium. In addition to amazing technology, they also have the power to command the water and sea creatures like sharks and whales. In short, if they came for Wakanda and any other land-based people, they would win. Namor and the people of Talacan are angry with Wakanda because they incited the worldwide hunt for vibranium. Namor, tell, Namor tells Queen Ramonda and Princess Shuri that they have two choices. Prove themselves to be an ally by bringing Namor, the scientist that invented the vibranium-finding machine, or Wakanda can get ready to be attacked. The queen and the princess know they will be no match for Talakan. So they create a plan to find the scientist. It turns out it's a young MIT student, Riri Williams. Am I saying her name right? Riri? I think it's Riri. Riri, Riri Williams, played by Dominique Thomas. Girl, you are so good. Yeah, okay. She did a great job. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> that is a math and science genius. The Wakandans grab her just in time because the U.S. government is coming for her too. After they meet the young woman, they know there is no way they can turn her over to Namor to be killed. And Princess Shuri tells him so. Of course, this means war. Talakan attacks Wakanda, and there is an epic battle on land and in water. Mm. During the course of battle, several important things happen. Number one, the Jabari people under the leadership of Mbaku Mm -hmm. come through to help Wakanda right on time like they did in the first movie. Number two, Shuri is able to create a synthetic version of the heart-shaped herb that she uses to become the Black Panther herself. Number three, and number three, Queen Ramonda dies, saving Riri, the young scientist. When Shuri kill somebody. (laughs) When Shuri, as Black Panther, is in a face-off with Memoir, she ultimately has the chance to kill him, but doesn't. Her first instinct, though, is to kill him. The death of her (laughs) father. This is definitely not a recap. The death of her father, (laughs) brother, and mother has made her bitter and angry. (laughs) I'm sorry. We she, thank you for coming to watch. <laughs> <laughs> I think normally we do a synopsis, and this is truly a recap. This it's a play movie. by play. This is the movie. Oh, and there's so much stuff I took out. Could have been longer. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> Gotta be right, longer. Two, okay. Uh where we are. On some um the death of her father. Brother and mother have made her bitter and angry, and she is disgusted by the way the world is behaving over vibranium. Mm. On some level, she really wants to pick up where Killmonger left off, using vibranium to salute Wakanda. Situate, to situate Wakanda. Situate, 
Wakanda as the world superpower by overcoming oppressors across the world. Instead, she decides to live in her late brother's legacy and be the kind of leader that he was, positioning Wakanda as the resource to empower rather than the means to revenge on oppressors. She offers Namor the chance to yield and he takes it. It's a good thing too, because Namor's forces were, were just about to overtake Wakanda when Shuri and Namor decided to become allies. Even though Shuri is now the Black Panther and Baku is named the King of Wakanda, he has proven himself capable and honorable enough for the role many times at this point. And Shuri really needs some time to mourn all of the losses. Mm. She is not emotionally ready to lead the people in that moment. She ends up going to Haiti and spend some time with Nakia. What? Haiti. Her late brother's soul, who (laughs) reveals that she has been raising her and King T'Challa's son there in secret, away from the pressure of the, in secret, away from the pressure of the king. This young heir had a close relationship with his father until he passed and was well aware of his birthright and identity. He tells Shuri that his Haitian name was Toussaint, but his Wakanda name is T'Challa. Yes, Tony. Yes. Yes. I don't even need to go mm-hmm. and uh. do any research. I'm quite sure that was the longest mm-hmm. recap <laughs> we've ever done. I'm sure it is. Listen, well, I'm sure it is. We, we already we already know it's how time to vote. <laughs> yeah, we already know how to vote. And we're pretty sure how pretty is Oh so. my gosh. You just well, know that I'm married to all those men I named. That's all you know. <laughs> well, we're going to be sister wives. Hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's a question for y'all. Um, and again, this is something that could have been in the recap, but somebody was trying to show some restraint. Um, I don't know. What? <laughs> How did y'all? I, I think we have to start out with, we have to start out with discussing how they handled the passing of T'Challa, um, you know, which is really us, the world, um, mourning the loss of Chadwick Boseman, you know, the original Black Panther who suffered with colon cancer. And, you know, he was actually two years into his four-year battle with colon cancer when the movie came out, when that original first Black Panther movie came out. And so the the Wakanda Forever movie had the burden of, of, of somehow handling the death of Chadwick Boseman. Now, you know, for some of the Marvel movies, they'll just swap out the actor and keep it moving. OK, but that's not what they chose to do for this movie. So I um, I would love to start there, y'all, and just get your thoughts on how your reactions to how they handled Chadwick Boseman's death and the death of King T'Challa. Um, I appreciated it. I love how they did it twice. I love how in the beginning, Marvel started off by making sure, because, you know, in Marvel movies, they'll put up the Marvel logo and they have, you know, pictures of all of the superheroes. And this time it was just a memorial mm-hmm. to Chadwick Boseman and all his various scenes in various movies because the Black Panther uh, was also in 
I've, what was it, Infinity Wars and mm-hmm. a couple of mm-hmm. uh, one or two. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, Endgame. Thank you. And so just being able to see him um, in his various roles within the Marvel Universe was really beautiful. Um, I love also, though, that at the beginning, it was a celebration. While you I know that I was crying like everybody else I had. I literally brought a tissue with me because I said, listen. I know who I am. I'm very self-aware. And I said, I'm going to be crying like he was my cousin, okay? And so I was like, when I saw the celebration, it did help me. I cried, but it was more so, it it was a celebration of his life. Mm. Chadwick Boseman, just as an actor, he has done so many pivotal roles in the Black community, Mm -hmm. telling so many Black stories. And just even his own story of becoming an actor, um, I think about what Denzel Washington can be, how he may feel right now, sitting in awe, knowing that he helped bring this person to us in terms of paying for his schooling. As so I just think about all these things and then just at the end, watching Shuri mourn her brother, but also on some level, you knew she was also mourning Chadwick Boseman. And so being able to see mm. him again, and there being this memorial to him, it is like you are gone, but you are never forgotten, mm-hmm. which is just like any family member that you love so much. When in a real life, you are gone, but you are never forgotten. We can't see you, but who you are will live on with us forever because you have impacted us. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was no good. I was no good both watching it at the beginning. I was like, Oh, where'd he go? Where'd he go? And at the end, it was the same thing. (laughs) So, um, and even just uh, watching the interview of Chadwick Boseman's wife speak about him and their relationship and who he was. And I was was just watching just this kind of unfold has been, it's been sad, but also beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I just feel like they did it justice. They mm-hmm. didn't do anything janky. They didn't do anything that was like, you know, okay, y'all. They didn't do anything that was real. They made it seem so realistic to watch this family uh process. Mm-hmm. Uh and so so yeah, so so I I I think they shout out Ryan Cooler, whoever else had that idea. You did. <laughs> what did you, you think, did. bro? Uh I, I really was uh, I was really satisfied with how they handled it. I was, it was the thing that probably concerned me the most, just in the sense that it's a real tricky situation. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, like you definitely couldn't just switch them out. And I didn't think they would, even when, back when you first heard what was happening, I didn't think they would try to do that. But I did think they might do some type of weird CGI stuff to like bring him back like on the astral plane. And when they were, when she was, when Shuri was first going to the ancestral plane, I thought, all right, they're going to, you know. Me too. Me too. I was like, like, they're about to CGI this up and we're just going to have to like, Bear through it. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, I was really happy with the direction they decided. And mm-hmm. I think that given what happened 
I really walked away feeling like they they pieced it together the best, you know what I mean, that it could, it could be because it was such a big character, such a big character from a big movie. It's like, and somebody who, whatever you think, he's meant a lot to a lot of people. Yes. So it's just like, yes. how do you juggle all of these and still tell a story? Mm. And I, I'm going to tell you that I also think that also helped boost the movie for me in general because I was walk, I walked in with very tempered expectations mm. for this for, mm-hmm. for this movie. But I think because my expectations weren't the highest, the fact that they did well with that allowed me to be like excited about uh, you know, just watching the story. Yeah. 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 And bro, I, you know, I rewatching the original Black Panther right before going to go see Wakanda forever. I actually, I walked in with the highest of expectations and it was because for all of it. And it was because Black Panther, the original had done such a good job from my perspective of holding um, difficult topics in a way that was interesting and compelling and still just a great story. Um, so these, these movies are like, they are about racism and they're about oppression and marginalization. And, but, but they make this story um, so dynamic, so dynamic that you're learning the lesson and you're having that conversation. Um, but at the same time, um, you know, you're, you're being entertained, you know, you're being entertained. And so I walked in feeling very confident they were going to do right by, Chadwick Boseman's death. I felt like there was going to be like I felt like they had the ability to hold it, mm-hmm. you know. And but I I I also thought, bro, they were going to do some kind of CGI, mm-hmm. like using some old footage we hadn't seen to kind of splice them in. Um, and just like the two of you, I was very and I love the language. I think it was uh, you says you said you were satisfied. Mm-hmm. I was really, really satisfied with how they handled it because I felt like. To be honest with you, I felt like I got some closure as an mm-hmm. individual, you know, and it's not even about us getting closure as people who didn't know him personally, you know what I mean? But um, as, a, as a Black person that was, um, he had become iconic to us in terms of who he was as an actor and a person, Um he, there's just like a gap. There's just like a void, you know, you just see, it's like he should be there and he isn't. And I feel a, I feel a little bit more complete with that now um, because of how well they allowed us to mourn him and celebrate him at the top of the movie. And I honestly, in, in some ways, it helped me to be able to handle the rest of the movie mm-hmm. because they just put it right at the beginning so we could just be in it together, you know? And the last thing I'll say on that, um, the way they handled Chadwick Boseman's death was that... Um, they made it a celebration of life, which is definitely what Black people do. You know, that's totally our MO. You know, our morning, it is always celebratory. That's just the way we roll. And I was so happy that that truth of the way we celebrate the end of a life was so present in the movie without losing the actual weight of the 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 the, the death, you know. And y'all, that 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 actress, Letitia Wright, who played Shuri, I mean, can you imagine um, your father, your brother, and your mother 
your whole family being taken from you uh, through like just trying to be noble leaders. Mm -hmm. And you just sitting here now trying to survive all of it. Us watching her pain in that movie, in the movie, but in particular in the opening montage, I thought again, it just felt very true. Mm -hmm. It was big. I love that. It's Mm -hmm. so true. And I think that just as well, I think about Chadwick Boseman. You really hit the nail in the head when you said it helped you to to have to mourn as well his person. I think this is when we find people who transcend being an actor or an yes. actress. Yes. When they are doing something that makes you step back and go, wow, like I I did not know you, uh, but your impact, who you presented yourself to be the character that you present and not just the character on the screen, but your character as a person, your personality, the things that you portray to us. Chadwick Boseman, you are huge. There's not going to be like a, you know, a Chadwick Jr. It's like you were and we you were who you are. and you, We will always appreciate um, who you have been to us now outside of Marvel, but just. Um, even just in some of the words that he has said, very wise man, mm-hmm. a very wise man. Mm-hmm. And so just, yeah, well, I love how you just put that. I love how you just put that. Like it did help you process, even though you didn't have to, right? Because, right, we don't know him, mm-hmm. but it was a gracious, it was a gracious allowing us to process that way. Mm-hmm. So I agree with that one. And rest in peace, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman, where we'll, we'll be thinking of you forever, you know? Always. And that's, um, and sis, when you you started to broaden things a little bit, it, it takes us into this, this larger conversation of the plot, you know? And so I'm thinking about the overall plot of, of these movies. Um, and, you know, at the center of it, it's like, <laughs> you know, we have this Black country that could go and help other Black people, but at the beginning was making the choice to say, you know what, we just got to take care of ourselves. You know, and so and then in the second movie, they've made a different choice to kind of say, no, we're going to go and try to be a resource and help others. And we see what happens in both scenarios, both scenarios. And Can't so, win to lose. <laughs> I would love to get your like, you know, raising now just a, 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 a discussion on the plot, you know, just the, the concept, like because um, it does make you just kind of think what would happen if Black people had a tool that we could use to undo some of these things that have happened, uh, would we use it? Or would we say, you know, we're keeping it to ourselves? Or would we um, try to, you know, reverse things and and become the, the world power? You know, what would we do? Anyway, so just the general plot, like, um, and really of both movies. Um, I thought, you know, the uh, as it relates to comic book movies, it's dealing with some deep themes and things like that. And um, I think that for me, thinking about the plot of comic book movies too hard always kind of <laughs> takes me out of it because... Like, you know, at the face of it, like when you're talking about Wakanda as a concept, it's like you're hiding a whole country. <laughs> it's it's hard. It's hard. Like nobody, like like nobody knows about 
The well, technology, no, 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 like, bro. Like, they're using the technology to hide and, it. Duh. You know, and that's the thing about vibranium. <laughs> it's like, all right, we got something that I can just do whatever we want it to do. <laughs> See, totally. <laughs> it's so just, good. It does everything. Moments of, <laughs> you know, it's like, wherever the plot would have maybe got a little, uh, you know, shaggy, it's just well, we got this magic thing that does whatever. Yeah, so, yeah. So like, for you better me, die. Don't worry. Here's a here's a yeah. beat. A beat of vibranium. Yeah, the beat, the beat, the beat, just vibranium <laughs> right in your chest, buddy. Now you're good. You good. So, so <laughs> as far as plot goes, I tend to blur my thoughts and try not to even think about the plot too much. Because if I do, it's going to start asking questions that will <laughs> take me out of that's you such know, a good point. Yeah, uh, of uh, of the and, and right now, especially, I really am feeling comic book movie fatigue, and I and I know mm. that like um, you all haven't really watched all of the, you know you haven't been through this whole Marvel arc, you know the and especially with the, you know, the, the big phase that just concluded with, with Endgame. And, um, well, I mean, the, I've watched all the movies, but I've never like read any of the comics. Well, no, I mean, but even, even watching, yeah. even watching yeah. the movies. Yeah, I, I'm the one that hasn't yeah. watched all the movies. Even watching the movies, but yeah. I'm just saying, I, like having been through all these movies, it's like, and All it's right. a lot. I mean, just to be yeah. clear, Black yeah. Panther was 18 and in, in there in the in the eighth was the yeah. 18th film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe in 2018. Yeah. And now in 2022, Wakanda Forever is the 30th film. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. But bro, until you and just said that, film. it, it didn't hit me. Right. It just TV hit me shows that. too. Yeah. TV shows, just right. That's a lot. Every, just a couple just of years. So much content, and the, the the thing that was fun about it was watching like this story get pieced together. Mm. But now there's so many branches and so many, you know, multiverses and just all this stuff that's happening. It, it, it's like I'm not walking into any comic book movie. I'm not as Incited as, as wow. I once was, you know what I'm saying? Just because it's been so much, it's just like The Walking Dead. When I the walk, I don't know what season The Walking Dead is on right now, but like when I first started watching Walking Dead, yo, I was in. Like I was lost. I remember that. Yeah, in. I remember you were loving and that show. There wasn't the even dead. something that I can't even go to a specific point, but I. Just stop watching it. It was like I just kind of faded off and just like I don't even care what happened, you yeah, know. And like yeah. I'm trying not to feel that because you know, these comic book movies usually they would get somebody like me who grew up in my era, you'd be so hyped, but now it's just like, all right, all right, so I, I made it, so I gotta go see the next one. <laughs> I have a question Do you feel like that is because of? an overstimulation uh right of comic book movies or do you feel like it's just with age like sometimes these things just you're just like this is nice but i'm looking for something different now mm. um <laughs> i am 
I don't think I'll ever reach the level of maturity where I don't like seeing, you know, <laughs> the type of stuff I like seeing, like, you know. But I think that what the difference is now, and, and I was watching a lot of uh, information talking about this before, when you, like, if you're talking about the 80s and, like, even the 90s, movies had one job, make a good story. Like, that's it. Like that, like that, that was, you weren't meeting any agendas. You weren't trying to satisfy a particular, you know, you were just making a movie and these movies fell into different categories that would, you know, highlight this issue or that issue or, and sometimes it wouldn't, sometimes it'd just be a fun movie, but now all the movies have this feeling that they have so many boxes to tick. It's the, you know, and that just makes it kind of tiring watching it all all, because it's just like, and the other thing is, is the biggest thing is just about making money. So you Mm. feel that feeling of, I'm just feeding you what I know you're going to come pay for in a theater. And the reason because of that is, see, before I was watching Matt Damon talk about it, he was like, before we had like two openings of a movie. He was like, the first opening would be the opening. And he was like, but then you had the DVD opening. And he said, you can focus on making a good movie that might not pop in the theater because as soon as the DVDs come out, now people are going to start loving it and buying it. But now they have to make it so that they're going to get people to come in so yeah. it, it just, you know, when you're in the movies now, you feel like, okay, that's the box you check. That's the box you check. That's the box wow. you check. Instead of just, you know what I mean? So these, these Bro, just, can I just yeah. say, you you are giving me such a different perspective on things mm-hmm. right now. You really are. Because I, a part of, and again, I think it is because I have not kept up, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I watch the Marvel movies, you know, yeah. I've, I've seen many of them. And also I watch some of the television shows, you know, I watch Daredevil, you know, yeah. I watch She-Hulk, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in it. I'm in it, you know, but not, not to the extent you have been, bro, in terms of being completely committed to keeping yeah. up. And so um, when I walked into Wakanda Forever, I genuinely had this feeling of like, wow! Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, yeah, no, I, yeah. I'm watching everything like, wow! Like, who thought of this? Now, I guess it probably helped that I was, again, front row <laughs> middle, literally, you were in Wakanda. Yeah, literally, I had to move my head from left to right to read subtitles. That's well, how then close when I was. You were like, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally." I was like, "Oh, oh my gosh. god, look at this!" <laughs> <laughs> and, and but but I will just say, I had a, the genuine awe. an opportunity for the genuine awe. I really did. I got to have moments of like, oh my gosh, what has technology done that we can create this kind of thing on stage? Oh my gosh, who can write this complex story like this? Right, right, right. But bro, I I guess if I was seeing it three times a year, (laughs) you know, I might not feel what I felt. You know, and bro, I just never thought about it. You're just you're 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 shocking my mind to change well, my mind right it's, now. It's just you know the the like think about Iron Man back yeah. in mm, 2008. Yeah. I, that was an awe. That was a real. You know, just, oh, you're like, yo, oh, wow. this is crazy. This is bananas. You know what I'm saying? Who thought of this? And 
they take you through this journey for years and years. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if it was just about the storytelling, they would have probably just stopped the end game and at least just let it chill for a while. Yeah. But it's not about that anymore. It's about we got their attention. Let's keep it going. Let's keep, keep it going. It. And I'm going to still go, you know, like I'm going to still go, but it's not like, it, it just, it, it's not like it was. It, it doesn't give me, but, but, but I'm going to say this though. I was actually happy that they didn't overdo it to try to compensate for that. And I thought that was another fear that I had. I thought that they were going to go so over the top with like the fight scenes and stuff to try to make it, you know, but they didn't. I felt like they did it exciting enough. Yes. You know what I mean? Like like they weren't doing anything. You said so many things, bro. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I, you made me think about was the fact that people are like having an agenda to prove a point about something. And it's so interesting to me to hear you say that because I feel like movies have always done that, but they've done it in their own way. And I feel like even if it was, you know, even we watched Terminator, even though they weren't trying to, they made the smartest person a black man with a black family. And so I think that when I'm when I'm looking at these things, I feel like people are always putting nuggets in something whether it's what is the word I'm looking for overt or covert. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. like I, even whether it's one of those they're always putting a little sprinkle of something mm-hmm. in a movie even if it's just to tell a theme like children don't get a chance to share their opinions with their parents or if it's a theme of like technology's about to get us all you know it's like if, 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 if it's the robots you know even if it's something that is so just real small but you get a chance to walk away from it having a good movie but you're also thinking about a larger story that you don't even realize you're having an introspection into like you're having introspection into this particular topic you don't even realize that that's happening so but so I hear I hear what you're saying but part of me is like I feel like I'm always getting a little something but well, also I have to think about my own brain right I'm always like mm, let no, me well, I know I, I think <laughs> I think what you're saying is true but for me it's just a huge difference mm. it's like if I extrapolate a message out of an amazing story you're telling is much different than you telling a story to strictly try to get a message across. Absolutely. The former is much more impactful. Yeah. And it's like, like, it's about it being done well, you know, and it's one of these things, um, you all know that now that I've been studying writing and truly Mm -hmm. being a student of like, what is good writing, you know, for television and for, for the big screen and, um, and, you know, so much that is at the center of what an audience experiences as a good story is characters being well-developed. And so if the character is well-developed, even if it's like a funny, like if, even if it's like the Brady Bunch movie, right? But if a character is well-developed and you could truly understand that character, you're going to go on the journey with them. And so whatever they are experiencing, there's an opportunity for a takeaway for you. Because if a, a well-written character will have an arc, they will Absolutely. go through something and they will have a takeaway. And so you will get a takeaway. Right. It's so true. It's well-written. 
you know, no, so I will also, it's central. Mm-hmm. The other thing that you were talking about um, was just, you know, comic movies all together because now we have Marvel, you also have DC. DC? Which, honey, and they all got me, their TV shows and yes. movies and stuff too. All of it. And I do it. know I'm less plugged into that one. I, I've, right, got, I'm, I've, I've got me less, too. yeah. Listen, I, they all run together to me. Superman and Black Panther. Like, when are they going to bring Superman in? Where is that exactly? <laughs> are they in there? Batman, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I thought y'all saw him in the cafe. So I'm so as somebody who I, and this is why I, I have a friend who he is like, he is my go-to. If I have a question about any of these movies, DC or Marvel, I can ask him and he's like, oh. And then there was comic he do books. Like that? Well, he, he, he doesn't. He doesn't do that. In my mind, that's how it's going. That's, that's how it's coming across to you. And I'm like, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> and so with that, with me not being so entrenched, right, I am able to go into each movie how Janiyah went into Black Panther. Right, 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 I can right, go right. into every last movie, right, right, even right. if there's eight million of them. And when you said when you said thirty, I kind of sat back and I was like, Brittany, have you seen thirty movies and you didn't know it? And I was like, I think I have seen thirty movies and I didn't know it. They make and it so, doable. They, they, they make, make it doable. doable. And so I was like, I was thinking to myself, I do go into each movie like that. But the reason why is because I do not care to connect them. Mm. People are I, and this is also why I love going into these movies because I hear people go, <gasps> and I'm like, who is this? <laughs> yeah. Well, well, but sis, <laughs> sis, you know what? And you, you had brought this, 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 funny. this up in a, in, a, in a prior podcast of ours. I can't remember what we were talking about, mm-hmm. but you were talking about how um, the business, um, you know, relationships also impact how these characters show up and which characters yes. show up. And so, um, I have a little trivia for us, okay? Yes. And so, Ryan Coogler actually wanted the original Black Panther movie to feature the supervillain Craven the Hunter, who has been a rival of the Black Panther in the comics. However, that character is primarily a Spider-Man enemy and the Sony Columbia Pictures holds the right to Spider-Man and they refuse permission. Wow. Right? And so- I bet they regret that. Well, but the point you is, out on some chip. the point is, it was a, it was a, it was business. <laughs> it was business, and it was ownership of character yeah. rights and things like that that impacted how the story was written. Right. What, what, what would Ryan right. Coogler have come up with right. if he had been what, able what to just follow the, the best comic? Story. Like, what would have been the best story? Yeah. What was, what was his original idea? And it, uh, you know, and I, I, so I was, I just to even to that point. Whatever story that they they were like, well, okay, we're going to tell this. But I will say this, Black Panther, however, I have placed it in a separate category, even though it's a part of this universe, <laughs> I have put it in a separate thing where I was preparing for it. I was <laughs> watching interviews or wait, let me take that back. Not watching interviews because I was like, I don't want to know anything. I don't care what anybody's thinking. I don't want to talk to la la la. I don't want like I was I was preparing for it in that way. Both of them. I was so excited, which to me gets to that point though of what Aubrey is talking about. 
um, of it having a purpose and it having this deeper narrative Mm. for young people to see themselves, young Black people to see themselves futuristically Mm -hmm. and in a space in this way. That was on purpose, but it was also something that Wakanda is a, uh, Black Panther is a comic book from years ago. So it was also probably having, you know, a bit of that purpose in it anyway. So when I think about all these things, which I think can move us into talking a little bit more about um, each character's plight. So like getting into speaking about Killmonger and versus T'Challa and just both of their backgrounds on their perspective of vibranium. Take us there, sis. Take us there. Let's let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. I think T'Challa was somebody who he was going by the traditions of his family. And he was also, which many people can probably attest to, there was some family secrets. Things he, <laughs> he didn't know about some stuff. Didn't know. He didn't know about some stuff. And of course, the, the oldest family, the oldest family friend was like, well, as he's harvesting the heart-shaped herb, it's a couple of things that happen. And so when you're getting into seeing someone who's trying to live out what they've known, what they've learned, I'm protecting my people. I'm making sure that Wakandans are okay. I'm doing right by that. Not realizing that I am cutting off the rest of my people around the world, even on the same continent. I would, I would, I would edit this to say they do recognize that, but they were making the choice to do it. Right, right, well, yeah, that, that's what I mean. Like the, this this choice to be like, listen, we can't We're say not, we everybody. can't take responsibility for mm-hmm. all of that. We just have our people. We're going to save our people, making sure, you know, and even to the point where in the second movie, <laughs> they uh Okoye is calling from MIT, <laughs> which we know in the United States, MIT is like one of the greatest, right? If you're going there for technology and all these different things. And then to hear Okoye say, yes, it's equivalent to a Wakandan village school. And it just made me laugh. <laughs> I just thought it was so funny just to kind of hear her say that. Because I was like, ah, I guess it is. If you grew up with vibranium your entire existence. Yeah. So um, the seeing that be the reality of Wakandans, then you get to a Killmonger who he has this birthright, which, honey, we can get into the whole deeper context of what that is actually representing. I ain't going to do that, though. But him having this birthright to Wakanda, but having none of the resources, none of the actual, uh, what is the word I'm looking for, of accessibility to what they have Mm -hmm. because he was born in a different country. And so just that deeper narrative of now I'm here, I see outside the world, everyone is suffering and y'all have a way for us not to suffer and you're keeping it a secret? No, we're not doing that. While you're like, okay, Killmonger, you're going about it in a way that I don't really know if that's the best, but I see where you're coming from. And I agree, but let's try something a little more subtle, maybe. I don't know. But you know, the other side of me is like, everybody else ain't been subtle. Yeah. Uh, we gotta be subtle. And you know what? And I, and sis, you know, so much of, of what you're, you're hitting on is, is really, it is, it is the burden of leadership. 
Okay. And I'm, I'm not, I, you know, I, and at the risk of comparing myself to Wakandan royalty, Okay. Yeah, I will nice just say, yeah, I do have one of them good earrings. They're and nice. Listen, that's, the vibranium my, my vibra- that's right. Hello. I, I mean, I will just say on a, at maybe at least a weekly basis in my role as like leading operations for social justice organizations, I am making some decision that will have significant impact on the direction of the institution. And there's, there's more than one option available. And any path could work. You could you could allocate the budget to do this, or you could allocate the budget to do that. And both options could lead you down a viable, sustainable path. So there's there's always like multiple possibilities. And it is the burden of leadership to say, well, based on what I know and based on you know what I am holding as 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 my interpretation of the priorities. This is this is where we're going. This is where we're going. And, and and it's just it's the fact of it, you know. And I'm not trying to let um I'm not trying to let Chala's to Chala's father off the hook for having for for killing his brother and, and leaving mm-hmm. a child over in California um uh, with, with no help, no resources, no access, no, no nothing. I'm not trying to let him off the hook. But th- those high stakes decisions of like. I have to make a judgment call here. I, I, you know, I just, I feel like that is, that is the name of the game. And there's also something that it's always a part of leadership that is about keeping secrets because part of it is you're always going to have more information than everybody else. It's just the nature of it because everybody can't have all the information. It's just not possible for everybody to have all the information. And it's also not sustainable for everybody to have all the information. And so you're in the role, you have more information than everybody else. And then you also have the responsibility to make decisions for people that factor in information that they don't know, okay? And you then have the, um, you know, the power to activate on the thing that you think is the best thing to do. Yeah. And so just, it's just very, very complex because if things don't go well, it is your fault. It's your fault. Because you had all the information, but if things do go well, it is also your fault because you had all the information. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, the, the, the antagonists in both of these movies, I feel like were more interesting than most times in a comic book movie, just in the sense of mm. in most comic book movies, except for Thanos. Thanos had like logical reasons for doing what he was doing, right or wrong. But this is one thing that this movie brought to the front is that this we are talking about very complex things here in the sense that um you see how like Julia, uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus' character was talking about, you know, about America having all of the vibranium. And then she was like, we would love it. You know, I would love that. <laughs> I was like, I and, dream of it. And, totally. and, I was wa- and I was watching one of the critics that I liked the most on YouTube. And he was talking about this almost like, like, yeah, y'all are really showing, trying to make a point that America is, you know, 
imperialist and, and that kind of thing. And it's like, it's so interesting because it's like, I get what you were saying that, yes, that point was trying to be made, but that's what would happen. Like, like that's what would happen. And it is. I, and I know that it's just interesting showing Wakanda in this situation where if everybody would just live in harmony and they knew that's how it would be, they would be more than willing to share. I mean, but totally. Like, they would have been shared it. Yeah, but so the fact of the matter is the way humans are, it's that somebody's always trying to be on top. They all, you know, it's just always this fighting to be on top. And it's like, if we give them this tool that could just tear this world to shreds, just like you're talking about, Janai, we would be responsible for that on some level. Mm -hmm. So like, no, mm -hmm. we can't just go can't give, just it give it out mm -hmm. willy-nilly. And every antagonist had those interesting thoughts of, like when you talk about Killmonger, everything he said, it wasn't wrong. You might not agree with him, yeah. but I'm just saying the facts behind what he was saying totally. were, were not wrong. Just like the for Namor, um, and Namor was actually the first Marvel character, actually. Uh, first, he was actually the first superhero in the Marvel universe. And it's funny that it took Are him this long serious? To, to actually show up in a movie. But uh, Janelle's looking like she had that as a. I as had a, some factoids on Namor. Not that, that window, to, bro. Oh, okay. You That's good. Because like, you had that look wow. like. You messed up one of my factoids. No, 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 listen, no, but, this is exactly but, why I don't look up nothing. I'm gonna just find out from somebody else. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is that even showing like Namor might have been over the top. Wow, you wanted to handle mm -hmm. the situation, but it's also look at what happened. Yeah, like, 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 like it's like, like I'm telling you that. This is what happened to me. And these stories aren't like Literally. crazy. So it's just like, yes, I, I like the point I'm trying to get to. You were talking about plots and characters. And I'm just saying, I like how in these movies, the characters are a bit comp more complex. Yeah, than absolutely. just, I'm evil because I'm evil. Let me tell you something. When when they killed everybody in Wakanda forever on that CIA uh, ship and on that helicopter, listen, I said, this is not a situation where, you know, normally you'll see somebody and go tell the people if they mess with me. They was like, y'all got to tell the people nothing. Because all y'all are dead. Here's some spears. Here's some people, some sirens who are singing and lure y'all off the boat to kill you and drown yourselves because y'all are not going to go back and do anything because I don't care. I don't care because you're not going to mess with my people. <laughs> y'all yeah, all about to die. And it's and so interesting. Like, okay, name more. <laughs> and it's so interesting <laughs> that the Telecon people had come to the same conclusion as the Wakandans that we are just going to mind our own business. They had separately come to that same conclusion of like, you know what? We can't trust the world. And and listen, the telecom people, they weren't planning to come for anybody. They weren't planning to come for anybody. If, 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 if governments had not started to come for them, they would have just been minding their own business, you know? And I think that's an interesting question for us to discuss. Which one of these philosophies do you all kind of identify with? Do you identify with the philosophy of like, you know what, you know, if I was in Wakanda, I'd be advocating for us keeping our stuff to ourselves, 
Or would you be advocating for, well, come on, Wakanda, let's get out there and see if we can. And actually, there's three perspectives. So the first is Wakanda, keep to ourselves. The second one is Wakanda, let's go and help um, unify people and, and empower the oppressed. And the third is let us go out and become the superpower and then create a more equitable world. Which one of those three paths, like if you were in Wakanda and you were sitting around that circle of elders, which one would you have been advocating for? I hate this question. This question. This is about to get into my private thoughts. No, no, no. I, oh. I would say <laughs> you can keep it high level. You can keep it high level. <laughs> I would say the first one, honestly, I wouldn't feel like it was possible over the long term. Mm. The um second one also won't be possible because people won't let you just do that. Yeah. And as the, we saw, as we saw. And the third one emotionally makes sense in the sense of, well, guess what? We're just going to take over all this. But then you risk being what you hated in the first place. Mm-hmm. And, and so, like, I wouldn't know. And I, I, I honestly wouldn't know because because it would be like, you're because even if, even if we just, in our mind, we just took over the world and made everything from what we consider peaceful. Peaceful. There might be 75% of the world is like, I like having war, man. And this is whack. Like, no, I can't. Just, I just, I don't like my neighbors over here. And I just yeah. want to fight with them. Yeah. You know, and like, no, I can't because these Wakanda people try to keep everything peaceful. Mm-hmm. So I just, I, I think that. Honestly, I don't want to sound like a nihilist, but it's just the things that drive us as human beings all are it seems like it always leads to the detriment of us, mm. no matter how you no matter what slice you that. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So so I wouldn't know. I would I, I, I wouldn't know. <laughs> you would just excuse yourself from the council meeting. No, all right, y'all saying, know. I, I would you want to be in the conversation. I gotta go bathroom. But, but, but I would, <laughs> I'll go with the majority. Because <laughs> I would lean, I would lean towards. All right, if we're going to be the arbiters of this, you know, power or whatever, like if we're going to be the ones, like, like mm-hmm. how do we make sure we don't become what we're trying to destroy. Absolutely. Like that's that, I guess that's where my yeah. conversation would be because it's like just like we hate wills being imposed on us, where's the line of us imposing our will on somebody else? Mm-hmm. You know, I I just don't I don't want to be in a conversation, but I just don't I don't have a straight yeah it's hard. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's hard. Sis, what about you? Path A, B, or C? Oh, Lord. Uh, you know, on one one hand, I'm just because my experience, right, is the U.S. Grew up here, lived here yeah, my entire life. We had life. the Killmonger experience. Listen, very much. Right. And so. But in the same breath, it's like living in a nation where I know that I used to work for the Red Cross and the number of homeless, mentally ill veterans is absurd. 
And then to know that there was someone rich enough to build a spaceship for the hell of it. When I know that these things are happening at the same place, my brain goes, I don't know what to do right now. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. But in the other, the other breath, I'm like, you know what? If I could find a place where my people were safe and we didn't have to worry about anyone or anything and we were self-sustaining, and if you tried to come up on us, mm-hmm. please do. We don't have any, we don't have an issue uh throwing hands do, mm-hmm. and you're you're gonna die like mm-hmm. that's it like yeah. if i knew that that was a place i would say sign me up cut up any other citizenship that i have i am here suited and booted yeah. and building my own little shop so mm. we can live and have a good time yeah. and be safe and free and know that we don't have these other stupid worries to worry about and so i'm torn Right. Because I feel the same way of like this superpower. I wouldn't want to go to some other country and say, this is the way to do things. This is the right way. I wouldn't want to do that because so to have the world is so diverse and so beautiful. There's so many right down to just even the spices that are in different countries and how they eat and how they prepare food. I don't want to take any of that away. But there's always someone coming in and they're going, you all are dirty. Let me uh, go ahead and. You're you're not educated. Based on my terms, I'm going to educate you. I'm going to go ahead and just wipe your whole people. Your religions are wrong. Take mine. Yeah. Off of the face of the planet to where we now think Australia looks like the way it is. But those are not the indigenous Mm -hmm. people of that land. Mm -hmm. We think the United States looks a certain way, but we are not the indigenous people of this land. And so when I think about that, I'm like, well, these jokers have already done it all over the world. If there was those of us that maybe could come in and have just like this peaceful mindset of like, listen, we want to keep y'all safe. We want to do these things. We're trying to protect you from those that are nuts. Okay. And, and do it in that way. But that type of, we're talking centuries for that, for that to even just be implemented because it's been centuries to get us where we are today. And since, you know, you really kind of put a fourth option out there. It didn't come up in the movies, right? Mm -hmm. So this is not from the, that's not related to the movies. But since you kind of outlined a fourth paradigm where Wakanda would say, would almost invite people in. Or, or 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 basically create like a they would invite people to be a part of their reality and they yes. would say here are the, here are our terms and if you want to be a part of this we will do our part to enable you to opt in you know um and you know maybe that would be a viable option i will say for me you all just make that dome larger just as time goes on well, just expand that invisible they have dome. vibranium they can make it as big as they <laughs> want, they want. to Aubrey's point it does add whatever you need it to do all of a you sudden know. the whole continent of africa doesn't appear on any maps yeah, there used they, to be a massive land here it's gone <laughs> it's gone it's all gone totally <laughs> and and i I have I struggle with this, y'all. And and I'm just gonna say, like, when um 
when one of whenever people ask like that icebreaker question of like if if you had unlimited resources what would you do my answer for a, more than 10 maybe 15 years has been i would undo colonization that has always been my answer and i have always felt like the the first step would be to go to a place and um you know understand what the culture was like before colonization and like put things back the way they were. So for example, whatever language was spoken there, make that once again, be the primary language, you know? And, and not English. Totally. And, you know, whatever religions were there before to go back and just educate the people about all those religions so they could opt into the ones that made sense, but allow them to know what was there before, um, you know, and to understand even clothing. How did people dress before? Let's now take what we know now but also let it be informed by the truth of what this place was. Because the thing about Wakanda, what makes it so wonderful is that it got to develop on its own. It got to just evolve however it evolved with the people left up to their own devices. Namor said it. He was like, my mother told me of this place that has never had to change. And it just, that almost brought tears to my eyes. I was like- that's what makes well, it so amazing. Never had to change. But but in in my recipe, in my recipe for undoing colonization, I do become the person that's then it's like I'm then dictating what what is supposed to be, you know. And so then I then become the oppressor in that scenario. Did, I, like, did they used to do that there? No. That's what y'all doing and, now. And, and, and if Go y'all try it, to get on a subway, I'm gonna kill you. And then we're like, well, I like my, I like my new shirt <laughs> well too bad there is that, is not, that the fabric of your people they're illegal now <laughs> so it's I mean, so, it's you, so, it's so i think britney's people, britney's poor paradigm in dark rooms <laughs> i throw away all my adidas <laughs> but it's still it's still I, it's still it's still the same in the sense of like if you're saying you got to be like this, that that's the that's thing. A, that's like, the like thing. no matter how you. So I, I would think that, but I'm also saying this just for sake of discussion. I can see an argument that's like, well, you know what? You're right. It we are about to be imperialist, but it's our turn now. So yeah. There, it's been this imperialism for. Hundreds, you know, and I feel like that's somewhere where I think Killmonger and his father were somewhere in that spectrum because his father was basically saying, let's be the rulers, but let's do it the right way. Yeah, you know, and so he he wanted he was he was it's like he had a vision for equity, right? You know, but he was like, it's not we're not gonna get there unless we take over. We have to take over so there can be equity. And then Killmonger's whole thing, he definitely had like a let's get to equity, but it was more like by exterminating oppressors. By any means. You know, it was by any means necessary. But it was along the lines of what you're talking about, bro. I think think it would be interesting to, and and we're talking about this like this is a real thing, but the last thing I'll say is that it might be interesting to set up the resources all over the world, like saying like, instead of giving people vibranium, it's like you just go to the hood, here's a brand new hospital, here's a brand new, you know, and and just put the stuff there. That's it. That they could do without giving them vibranium 
and still just letting them be able to take and, advantage but bro, of bro, I think that's what they were doing because, yeah. because Wakanda, they were not handing over vibranium. They were just letting people benefit from vib- vibranium wherever they built their resource centers, letting yeah. people benefit from their technology. So they yeah. were trying to do what you were well, saying, bro. Yeah, and that, well, that's probably where I would land then. Like, mm-hmm. that's probably... And the other thing is, is that I like how... They didn't act like this. It, it wasn't like they were acting like this is a black and white issue. It's just like it was just like you were saying tonight. They're like, look, this is the best we can figure out to do right now. Because That's obviously, it. if you're breaking in with guns and stuff, you're letting us know yeah. how it's gonna be. And I'm not gonna lie to you. I mean, if I if if I if I grew up like Killmonger knowing there was a solution available, but it was not available to me, I would have landed exactly where he landed. Because mm-hmm. right now, I, I I personally am trying to use every tool I do know that, that is available to, to, to move us toward an equitable world. I mean, that I literally am, that's what I'm trying to do. You know, I, I, I understand the importance of cooperative economics for Black people. I'm championing it. All the time. People are sick of hearing me talk about it. You know, I'm 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 like, all right, well, um, if it's if it's about changing hearts and minds, I'm working in the social justice sector and I'm I'm being a racial equity leader that's helping people to understand implicit bias. I am trying to use, I personally am trying to use every tool that I know of. So if I knew of a tool that was available somewhere. And, and my dad even had it at some point. I, I honestly, y'all, I've probably been just like him, Mark. I'm not gonna lie, because that anger that he was feeling, I feel that anger. I feel that anger. I feel that frustration, but I don't, there is no vibranium somewhere for us to go get. <laughs> Except for around your neck, right now. Right. Well, that well, this necklace, that's the listen, one piece. Listen, and it's not listen, enough. You know you what know. the conversation we're absolutely having is the reason why Princess Shuri saw Killmonger. Whenever she took the heart shaped herb and went to and the ancestral like plane, went to the ancestral plane. Listen, I, the first time I saw it, because again, I saw it three times. The first time I saw it, <laughs> when you only told me three times, okay, and good. I probably will see it every weekend that it's still in the theater. I just want to put that out there. I'm single with no kids. I can go do well, that. I, 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 I want to spend some extra money somewhere. A million came from you. Is it? What'd you say? Half that three hundred million came from you. Listen, they sent me a thank you letter. But actually, I have that ring statue thank you for right your here. Efforts. Yes, yeah. that's awesome. I didn't want to put that out there because I don't want to be like bougie, whatever. And so, <laughs> so modest. It's so modest. Uh, but I think about when in the theater when she walked around that throne and he was sitting there with his knee up. The whole theater was like, oh, and you heard some people like, yes. <laughs> you did <laughs> not expect it. <laughs> And here is the thing that I love about and then, it. And let it, me just say that yeah. moment, I, I don't, I want you to finish your thought, but I just yes. didn't want to get away from that moment. That was a perfect, that moment I felt was great. Because yes. the other thing was, is I know for me, I just had this sinking feeling like they're about to CGI Chadwick Boseman. Yeah. I, like, like I, I just, it, it was just such an opposite of what I was expecting. Yeah, they, I, I honestly thought they were going to do Angela Bassett because Me she too. because the queen was dead by the point, by that yeah. point. But she could have actually did the scene. Yes. Whereas, but just in terms of in terms of like what I what I thought they might do on yeah. the ancestral plane. 
You know, Listen. I thought it could have been the queen. But, but, I thought it could have been CGI Chadwick Boseman. But I see, did not expect Killmonger. Yeah. He was sitting up there with his knee up and he said, hey, cousin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was so, <laughs> it was so, but listening, what he did was something like people like him do. Mm-hmm. I am, I will tell you, I'm very grateful for these type of people in my life who play devil's advocate mm-hmm. because they make me mad. And because I'm like, I don't want to think about that. I just want to do this one thing. But the people come in and they dig in a way that is not harmful, Mm. but they dig in a way that's loving. And he's like, no, I'm here because of you. Yeah. You conjured me. Think about it. Chadwick Boseman, when he went to the, uh, Chadwick Boseman, T'Challa, sorry. I'm going to go back to the movie. When T'Challa went back to Ancestral Plane twice, he went to his daddy because it was like, oh my God, I miss you. What am I going to do with these leaders? The second time was like, what? And so, <laughs> and then whenever we didn't get a chance to see Angela Bassett go into the Ancestral, I mean, go and see Chadwick Boseman, but she went to the Ancestral Plane and I'm happy they just talked about it, right? To the CGI point. But then we have a Killmonger who went back. He saw his father and that was where he needed to go. And he was still angry when he came about that ancestral plan. He didn't have no understanding. And so it was, but he understood. He did. He understood. He just drew a different conclusion. That's the thing. It's still a valid conclusion. So for him to come back and now be the one. So I just say all that to say, everybody went to see who they needed. That's right. That's right. And so- when we are having this internal dialogue, Shuri is mad. Yes. This is Shuri is mad. My entire family is dead. Mm. They are gone. The only, she said to M'Baku, the only people that knew me, the last person that truly understood me is gone. Meaning I don't have anyone. And so to listen to her say that, so she's angry about that and just life. She's also someone who we've learned right because they reiterated it in the second movie who scoffs at tradition so even for her going to do the ancestral plane she didn't even believe that that existed and so for her to then get into this place of where she's like i am angry and i want revenge killmonger was like we're not different Mm. i wanted the same thing and so it's just one of those things where you have to even get at yourself of how you are multifaceted and multi-layered. Mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. I just, I think that we were at that conversation was mm-hmm. just happening when you gave us those options. Like, I could, who this. are we? Yeah. But then I could, and, who are you? And Let's, since you, you really just very naturally segued us to the act, the acting. Okay, because we've talked about now some of these characters and mm-hmm. there, there's so many more we could discuss. Okay, I mean, but we, we've talked about some of these characters. Let's talk about the acting, you know. Oh, you said talk about Namor? Excellent, <laughs> we can do that. <laughs> Go ahead and start there, <laughs> you know. I mean, you all, so we have, I mean, where would we even start? Okay, I almost, but let me, I want to kind of start with Shuri. You know what I mean? Yes. That, that Shuri, that Letitia Wright, okay. This, you know, we experienced her in the first movie as just like a fun little sister who was like a brainiac du jour, you know? And to watch her become, um, to age through the through the experience of loss, okay? And to have to have this increase in responsibility and this increase in pain. We watched her innocence leave her. And that's what we were seeing in the second movie. We were watching a woman 
um, who was carrying more than her share. And I just thought, I mean, to see the diversity of, of that actress, to see her play that fun little Listen. sister, to now being this woman who was carrying the weight of the world on her shoulders, I thought she did. I thought she did an excellent job. An amazing job. She told M'Baku, she said, when my mother died, so did my heart. I was mm-hmm. like, listen here, child, the world better watch out because mm-hmm. she's mad now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, I really don't feel like there were any weak parts of the of the cast and it's like and, and there were people who killed it everybody was good but then there were like angela bassett oh when her monologue she um walked in put her all of her shoulders in glory oh it was like you know i mean you never you're in a movie but you still felt the yes, emotion of what someone would be feeling if this was real. That's right. Like, that, like that's how you felt. It's like, it's not like you were tricked, but it's like, I was, if I was actually in that all, this is how I would be feeling. Like, that's right. You know what I mean? Like, like I, of just how she just came in with just the power just dripping off her. Yes. And, um, and all of these, and because the story is very emotionally complex, it's like you need actors who can show like I'm in an impossible situation. That's right. That's right. My husband is dead. My son is dead and my daughter is lost. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I don't know if she's alive. Like, and you know, I must lead this nation. Because when, when, when Sherry got taken and like they were going back and forth and um, what's her name? Uh, Okoye. Or Lapita Nyong'o's character? No, Okoye. Okoye is the um. She's a she was the general for the door Malaya. Yes, the ball one, right? Mm-hmm. So, so like the ball had a demon. Yeah, so, <laughs> but I'm just saying, played by Denai Guerra. That interaction, I felt like they nailed it. You know what I'm saying? Like, Big time. Because you, you, it was like her heart was breaking. It was like, broken. Like, and. And uh, the queen was like, "What else can I do?" And like, 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 yeah. Like I told you not to take her, and you, you know, did. She's my last. And now she's lost. Yeah, it, it's just you could understand where everybody was coming from mm-hmm. based on the emotions and how they were delivering. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I, so I, I thought the movie was, especially compared to comic book movies, I thought it was very well acted, and I and- even thought when they were being funny. It was funny. Absolutely. Was funny. And I, I would go to and I would, with that dog on carrot. I was like, Winston Duke, you are just so good at being this arrogant, yeah. big macho. Sis, I have a piece of trivia that you are going to love. Okay. And I, I almost move. texted you when I found this trivia and I said, I'm going to reveal this trivia to Brittany on this podcast. <laughs> she is not going to get it in advance. You better listen. start walking the channel now, right now. Listen, you listen. There. I'm, you clicking. There. I'm clicking. <laughs> <laughs> this, your favorite line of of Mbaku, he improvised that line. The you ball headed demon line. <laughs> Brittany loved that line. It, it was been, so funny. He didn't so even talk about that line. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and demon. I was like, this is so perfect to see like 
You are leading a nation of people. These are individuals. And almost like this sibling rivalry between <laughs> him and Okoye. It was so funny and so yeah. fun to watch. And that Winston Duke, you all, I just feel like he did an amazing job with that character. You know, I think about the complexity that we saw in that character in that first movie, you know, where it was like, listen, he was so clear on, on duty and tradition and honor. He was so clear on it that um, he saved T'Challa's life when he really could have really gotten away with not doing so. But because he understood honor and he understood the way that things were supposed to work, he did what he had to do. You yeah. know, down to taking care of these people that had, had essentially, I mean, it's not that they were at war, but they were just very much um, not necessarily in alignment. You know, the 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 Jabari were very separate from the rest of the Wakandans, mm. very, very separate, you know, and but he knew it was like he made those judgment calls about when to come together. And so at the end of the second movie, when he became king, all any of us could say was, yep, that sounds right. That sounds right. Because he had been walking in a kingly way ever since we met him. Ever since we met him. Even when right down to, oh, did you ask me about Namor? Okay. Even when it got right down. <laughs> 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 yes. Namor. Played by Tanakh Huerta. Yes. When he was describing him, when he they had brought the people back and Wakanda forever to come and stay in Jabari land. And he was like, they call him Al-Kukukana. I said, what do they say? What do they say in Baku? But him just talking, he was like, what do you think? We're up here in the, in the mountains and we don't read? <laughs> but, so, but what what he was expressing was that they don't call him general or leader or boss, whatever. They call him by his name. He's a and god. They, the God to them. He was like, if we kill these, if we kill him, we will have war forever. And he was, and then he got back to his own people. He said, I don't want that for my people mm -mm. to have to be in war forever. Mm. Oh, mm. and so when I, but just to the complexity of that character, but to speak about, listen, Namor, when he was speaking, it was such this, I was like, he is finna come to Pittsburgh and get me. I was like, I was just listening. He said, if you send anyone from Wakanda to do to get your princess, mm -hmm. I will kill you. Mm -hmm. And it was not like a, oh, I might, or mm, let's see what happens. No. And in fact, he came and he did that and he killed Queen uh, Queen Ramonda. Mm -hmm. He killed her. And so when you have someone who is so dedicated to his people and his beliefs. I was just he played. Oh, he played that, that role. character so well. Yeah, he did such an amazing job. And I was just like, you. You you are a person who has been here since the 1600s. Mm -hmm. And you know what? And he everything. had he had the the, the like when I, we're thinking about how all of these black actors are playing these roles so well. At the end of the day, the struggle that they are dealing with at the heart of of this of these movies, it is the black. They're portraying an important part of the black experience. And so when we see this actor playing Namor, listen, 
he is also from a people that are currently oppressed. Yes. You know, and so there's a truth that the, I think these actors are bringing forth because it's in their own experience. We're, we're mm-hmm. living this thing, you know. Another actor I got to call out really quickly is that little boy that played T'Challa's son. Okay, little baby Chala. Okay, so that cute. actor's name is Divine Love Kanadu's son. Okay. He's so handsome. Listen, I said what well, y'all did top-notch casting on cuteness, number one. Because that Listen. is the cutest little boy walking this earth, clearly. So <laughs> cute. And he looked just, he looked like if Lapita Nyong'o mm. and Chadwick Boseman had a baby. That I mean, it was just like perfect casting. But what I really wanted to call out about his actual acting was the way that when he revealed who he was to Shuri, he 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 talked just like a prince. He held his identity as that, he held that legacy. And he said his name and named his legacy with a level of importance that was just perfect. When an actor can have a couple of lines and make an impact, that that's that's some good acting, okay? Listen. And I said, well, go ahead, little boy. And you, you told ever, us that you were that day. And I don't know how long many years is going to be till we get Black Panther 3. Probably sure five minutes, because, based right. on what Aubrey's saying. Right. When we get it, <laughs> I was thinking of the pressure. Whomever is about to play the older version of him. I was like, oh, who is Or they to? might just, he might just grow up, you know, because maybe they'll do it while he's a child. They could do that. Yeah. And so I just, I, oh, yes. Now, you have, I have the one, you probably, I don't know if you were about to talk about this, about... If, oh, did you want me to get back to Namor? Okay. So he... I was, I was actually going to move us on to another topic to oh. move us on down. But but please go ahead, Sid. I just wanted to say uh, the only factoid I have, which was funny, I was watching his interview, which people probably have already seen this, and it made me laugh. He said that he was talking on a Jimmy Kimmel show and he was just talking about how he got this call from Ryan Coogler and it was on Zoom and the Zoom went out. And so he didn't hear anything that happened. It froze. And then all he came back, Ryan Cougar was like, so like, is that okay? And he said, he's like, oh, I just said yes. <laughs> it froze, it froze for five minutes. He missed the whole pitch and explanation pitch. of everything. All he knew was Ryan Cougar then saying, are you in? And he was like, and he was like yes. And he said, when they asked him, <laughs> did you know how to swim? He said, I never drowned. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much because it was like, y'all not about to take this opportunity from me. He stole my heart. He stole my heart. And I just, and I also appreciate it. You know, a lot of times movies do not do well with casting people who are racially accurate. And I just appreciated it seeing a group of people who actually look like descendants of the Mayan people. Like I was just, and just even, I guess what this would move us into the next point, which is that underwater scene. Yeah. Let's, let's go there. Let's talk about the, the visuals. Let's talk about the cinematography. Let's talk about the, um, the costumes. Take us there, sis. When we went into Talakin, I was just like, the music fit perfectly, which I guess is even another topic that we would probably get into. I want to put it together. Do it because together. Because they created yeah. an experience. Mm-hmm. That music sounded like water. Yes. It sounded like water. And I was just like, I, I, I was playing it earlier whenever we got onto our Zoom. And I just really want to, um, 
call out that song that was playing whenever it came on because they did such an amazing job. It was called Con La Brisa by Fudakwesh and Ludwig Gorison. Mm. Um, and One day we're going to have licensing to music so we can play some. <laughs> Listen, yes. The way our introduction and then to go into this massive mm. underwater city. It was gorgeous. It was gorgeous. And then seeing how it just, I'll just say this, getting a chance to see people who are creative, get a chance to be creative. I, it, it was, it was amazing. Yes. So yes. That, that right there, I was, I just loved seeing Talikan and then just them being such a happy people and so joyous and welcoming and doing their hand motion to show you that we're, you know, we're welcoming and then just watching them to just living the, and minding their business as was put in our telling of both of the movies. <laughs> It wasn't a recap. And bro, I wanted to ask you, have they depicted underwater worlds in other Marvel movies? And if so, how did this compare? Or this this is the first? first. Oh, okay. That was the whole thing, you know, Mm -hmm. which was also exciting that they could get into some different, I mean, obviously there's been water scenes, but yeah, that's the only underwater civilization. Yeah. Yeah, that was so dope, which gets into that conversation that people have been having about Little Mermaid. We won't get into that. That's a future future <laughs> That's podcast. That's a future podcast. Bro, what's your take on the cinematography, the sound, the music? Well, that's, um, you know, obviously one of the strengths about, I mean, like, when you're talking about these sweeping, you know, uh, uh, just scenes of just, and these landscapes and skylines and like you said the underwater and what i had to do again you just have to enjoy it you know what i mean like you can't think about like why if they weren't living on land why would they look like land people you know like 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 muscular you know their muscles and just you would think they would look different, you know. What I'm saying? Listen, but they had the water pressure down there. They, they got Planet Fitnesses in Talacan. Don't do them like that. <laughs> I'm not even, or, They're I'm, lifting up seats. My point is, is that <laughs> I've seen a lot of people critiquing this movie, and it may be under uh, in different ways. You know, it's getting a lot of positive phrase. But I like listening to all different aspects yeah. and. Um, people talk about like things being unrealistic and I used to be, well, I'm not going to say I'm not anymore. I, I'm, I'm guilty of that myself, but at some point it's like, yo, it's a movie. Just relax. Go with it. <laughs> Just, yeah. And, 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 about people that woke <laughs> up as fish people. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> come on, man. Just, this, you know, I get that. What you're saying isn't that wrong. Like, like you're not, but if everything was how it was in real life, it would be a documentary. But That's right. something like it, at some point. So maybe, yeah. But, but but I see that and I also see that it's it, it's interesting to me that some people have difficulty tapping in to the emotions of these characters because and 
I don't even want to get my sister started. Trust me. But I'm, I'm just saying. I don't saying, even know what you're about to say, but I'm ready. I, I know you are. I know because you're boring. But I'm just saying, it's interesting to see some people critique the motivations and and the um, worldviews of these people who are in these nations because they just don't have a concept of that. Yeah, it's true. So so it's like, it's like, you know, why wouldn't you give everybody vibranium? It's like they don't realize that, like, yo, there's people who, like, this is all fiction right here, but there are people who have felt these emotions and feel these emotions for real. Totally. And, and, And it's difficult. And it's like, you're forcing me to say stuff like you just don't get it. And okay. I, I don't like saying stuff like that. <laughs> right. I don't That's like saying stuff like that. But, but, it's just, but it's just like, yo. It's true. It's it, true it's because at the end of the day, it's just the facts of it. It's just the yeah. facts of it that um, a marginalized people will always understand the oppressor yeah. better than the oppressor. The oppressor could read all the books and talk to all the people who have been oppressed and they still won't actually understand the experience of being oppressed. And so there comes a point where you just can't explain it, you know? And that's why somebody like Killmonger would just say, you know what, we're not going to try to explain it. We're just going to really undo this because you just, because the fact that you did it lets us Mm. know that you're not going to get why it needs to be undone, you know? And on the um, cinematography and the sound of the music, y'all, just the the whole visual aspect, I just have to say it again. When I say I was in awe, I'm sure that if someone recorded me watching Wakanda Forever, it would have been me mouth agape, you know, (laughs) smiling and enjoy like the entire time because it was just like every single uh, screen of every single bit of both of these movies to me visually stunning and you could just see the care that was put into every single costume every single lighting choice every single bit of landscape it was just like nothing was taken for granted every Mm -hmm. single thing there was obviously like a thought put into it and there's a reason why and I just want to give you a bit of example um you know and this but can I also say this is this is the beauty of having a budget You know, there are a lot of people out here with these wonderful creative minds and intentions, but you need budget and you need access to be able to bring these kinds of things to life. You know, Ryan Coogler would still be Ryan Coogler if Marvel had never tapped him. Do you see? Mm. But you take somebody like Ryan Coogler and you give him that Marvel budget, okay, and get him this Marvel staffing and you see what happens. All right. So the filmmakers for the... um, you know, created a unique culture for each of the Wakandan tribes, Mm. you know, and you can see it visually and you're capturing Mm. it visually. But I just wanted to share with you some of the language about how it's described. And this is from IMDb because, you know, they have like great trivia on IMDb. (laughs) So the Golden Tribe, which is the royal family, they use a motif of black and a continental symbol for the sun found throughout Africa. They also have panther themed designs. The border tribe was inspired by Lesotho architecture and language. And the tribe symbol is a Lesotho word for horsemen. 
Okay. And their motif is blue, which is a national Lesotho character and wood. And they use rhino themed weapons, attack rhinos, shields, and horn shaped blades. And they frequently wear Basotho blankets, which are the, uh, the Basotho are the majority in Lesotho. So this is the level of mm. detail and care. The river tribe was inspired by the, the Surma and Morsai of Ethiopia. Okay, Nilotic peoples who hail from the, the river Nile. Their motif is green and shells and they wear crocodile skins and leather. The mining tribe was inspired by the Himba and Maasai of Southern Africa and their motif is red and orange and they wear lion themed designs. The merchant tribe was inspired by the Tureg of the Sahara and their motif is purple. And the Jabari tribe was inspired by the Bari, Igbo and Dagon of Western Africa. And they are uh, shamanistic naturalist tribes and they wear fur and wood to honor the sacred animal, the gorilla. So, it, you know, it's just, even if we it only did got more to, research in some of these movies that say we're based on true events. Exactly. <laughs> and so you just think about what we got to see is just, oh, look, they put a lot of care into giving these, each of these tribes a unique identity. We were able to see that. But I just wanted to share those specific tidbits because good. it wasn't just a visual distinction that they were making for us. They were truly trying to represent a variety of cultures in a, in a, in a truthful and, and loving and caring way. This is how you hold cultures without it being appropriation. You see what I'm saying? There's a way to do it. You know. So, y'all, I think I think we've hit all the main. Mm. Yes. There's obviously so much more we could talk about. Yes. Okay. But I think we've hit on all of our main care, main categories, y'all, for discussion. I, I think we're ready for a vote. What do you Let say? Go. Let's go. Take it away, bro. <laughs> yes, I, I. This movie is a classic one. It will be one that, that I always watch. Yep. So definitely gets my heart shape in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, these this franchise definitely gets my heart shaped herb, and um, it because it it gets my heart. Okay, yeah. I think we can like tell yeah, from that, they, from that nineteen page recap. <laughs> that reenactment. Where, that's what that was. That was level reenactment. We'll, we'll give it that. <laughs> you know, for me, um, what makes the, these movies so special is um, the way that they were holding like so many truths of the experiences of people of color. And also had this, all the cinematic elements, you know? And so I was like, man, if you walk away from this movie, having learned nothing and only been entertained, you dumb. You are willfully trying not to have learned something, okay? And if you walk away from this movie only learning something and not being entertained, same thing, you dumb. You weren't even trying to have a good time. Okay, because yeah, doesn't need the Vibrini <laughs> We'll take all that it. responsibility. I'll get all this stuff in the world. We'll we'll keep her together. Don't we won't let her get to it. We already. But the, the point I is, you can almost see the spear like creating in her head. Oh, listen! I just feel like this was just really well done. You know, it's one of the, and one of the things I think about sometimes is like if I was just reading this script, would it still be good? You know, because you know how sometimes a movie mm -hmm. is only good or a show is only good because that actor is funny. 
But it's like, if you were just reading it, it probably wouldn't be funny. Right. Like, like think about Urkel. If you were yeah. just reading on the page, did I do that? Is that funny? It mm-hmm. maybe, but it was the fact that it was the way it was delivered. Right. With this movie, I feel like if you were just reading it, your mind would still be shocked to Channel mm-hmm. 9. If you Absolutely. didn't get a, the chance to see all the visuals, you would just read this story and read these lines, you'd be like, man, this is really special. And I feel that way about both of the movies. And that is why this franchise gets my heart-shaped herb. Oh, man. Well, we already, if we don't know already, this definitely gets my heart-shaped ab. Listen. (laughs) (laughs) Ab, like, I want to just, that, there's so many things that I could say, but I want to just describe the feeling I felt whenever I saw Princess Shuri, who had become Black Panther at that point, and and Namor coming in on one of the Wakandan ships and stopping their people from fighting and watching this ally happen of two of the, the most powerful places on Earth. And now you have land and water who are powerful and them come together. When a movie can make me walk away and go, when is the preview for the next movie? I I am invested. And y'all already know from all seasons and from most of the movies I discussed, this is something that I would share with my kids. Absolutely. This is a part of something that has impacted not just Black culture, but American culture and just culture around the world specifically. There was a video I watched of the of one kind of one area um, in Africa of the African premiere of, of Wakanda Forever. And it was a whole thing. Drums, people dressed up. It was so beautiful to see. So that something that is a movie transcending just being cinematography. Oh, you absolutely are a classic without a shadow of a doubt. Mm. Well, there you have it, folks. That is three heart-shaped apes. And so (laughs) the Black Panther franchise is a classic from the right perspective. I need both of you to do this. And we're doing the Wakanda symbol. Wakanda. Are we doing it? Are we doing it? In his heart, he's doing it. This is no, 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 no. I just want people seeing real time me buckling to my little sisters just because. Excellent. No, uh, Yay, on the count of three. One, two, three. Yay! Wakanda forever. And Aubrey loves it's us so forever. Shameless. It's so Aubrey shameless. loves us. He loves us so much. You ought to be ashamed of yourselves. <laughs> there is no shame. For using the sister power on me the way that you do. There's no, it's never fine. shame. There's it's never fine. any shame in it. I we actually, love it. I have a calendar of when we're going to do it. Yeah. 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 Just like yeah. we have a content planner for the podcast. Yeah. We have an Aubrey manipulation planner. Oh, it's so okay. good. But we'll let you go. Yeah. Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> Talk to you tomorrow. <laughs> thank you all for joining us on the right perspective we are so grateful for your support we just love it don't forget to like share and subscribe on whatever platform you use to access our podcast thank you for joining us everyone i love love you bro love you you guys bye